Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello and welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. My name is Carter Rodriguez. That podcast part of the Blue Wire Network. Could never leave that off. Uh, you're not currently hearing the dulcet tones of Justin Rowan because he's off douching it up in Mexico, going up to swim up bars and uh, who knows what else. Um, but to help me fill uh, the gap is a friend of the pod, Ty Windish. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, I join you in hatred of anyone who gets to go to warm weather at this time of the year in the Midwest. I, I, just, I can't stand it. I don't want to hear about it. Usually I'm, I'm that guy. I try to be a good friend. Like, oh, yeah, tell me, tell me about your trip. Right now I'm like, no, I don't care about your trip. I don't want to see any pictures. I'm still here. It snows every three days. I'm over it. Let's just say if I hear Justin say all-inclusive one more time. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> uh, but Ty, you're, of course, the uh, the host of Eurostep, also on the Blue, Net- Blue Wire Network, uh, covering the Milwaukee Bucks, um, who are maybe the best team in the league. Maybe. I've been thinking about this, and obviously the Warriors are better. Yes. But it does it feel almost to you like – the how, just how good the Bucks have been has kind of snuck under the radar because yeah. it does to me. I know, absolutely, 100% it does. I mean, I saw, I keep, I, I need to write down the stacks. I keep seeing it. I keep not writing it down, but their, their net rating right now, I think is like plus 9.5 or plus 10 or something. And if you look at all the teams who have ever done that, it's like, I don't know, 14 or 12 or something. And like eight of them have won the title. A lot of the other ones went to the finals and lost. I think only one didn't make it to the conference finals ever in NBA history. And and this team does not play in a particularly great conference anymore. Uh, LeBron is gone. And like, they're just, they're very, very good. And they're good at all sorts of different things. They have the best defense in the league. They have a top four offense. I mean, which means they're fourth, obviously, but they have one of the best players in the entire NBA. And for my money, easily the best player in the Eastern conference and the honest They're just, they're very, very good. And I think a few things work against them. People don't like Chris Middleton. People say they like Chris Middleton, but they don't really like Chris Middleton. Oh, I like this take. This is a good take. It's I think, true. I think you're accusing me of something. but I, I don't know. I don't know what your takes are. Uh, my take is exactly what you just said it is. He's like the ultimate guy you trade for in 2K, but also you don't love him as much as you should. Right. Chris Middleton is like the girl next. Chris Middleton is the first wife in Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> like everyone's like, oh, yeah, you, of course you want Chris Middleton. And then – this Margot Robbie comes along and everyone's like, oh yeah, we don't forget Chris Middleton. Like Chris Middleton is nothing. Like we don't need this guy at all. Like we have Margot Robbie or I don't know, like Brad Beal or something. And it's like, listen, Brad Beal is also great. Chris Middleton is still like, he's, we've come full circle. He was like underappreciated early. Cause just no one like knew who he was. And then he got a little, little overappreciated. Yeah. Then basketball intelligentsia was like so high on him and like, oh, Chris Middleton's so great or whatever else. And now we've come all the way around to now he's actually an all-star. Dude, I love. Team on a 47-14 and 14 team. And people act like he is like a 14-point-per-game player who has a nice, like, I don't even know what the favorite advanced stat is these days. True shooting percentage, which he does, but he doesn't score 14. Can I, can I note that I love saying basketball intelligentsia? It's my favorite way to shit on Twitter. Yeah, it's, there's nothing better. Twitter needs to be, like, put in check. I, I do this sometimes, too, like, 
it's just so easy for people on Twitter to think that like it matters and it kind of does oh, like yeah. people get like jobs and stuff, I guess, but like opinions on Twitter largely just don't. Like, yeah. I, I, I think it was actually, we had snotty on a couple, like a month or two ago and we were both, we kind of were all talking about how we found ourselves arguing less on Twitter than we ever had before. Yeah. Like, Cause it's just, unimportant. Yeah. You just kind of start realizing you're just shouting into the void. Uh, the Bucks have scored over 140 points three times in the last nine games and at least 134 times in the last uh, 11, I believe. Um, and it's funny with this this team because I, I think we talked about this earlier in the year. I was really anxious about how their scheme might hold up in the playoffs. And as a Cavs fan, and most of our listeners are Cavs fans, so you know they don't have a ton of Mike respect for Mike Budenholzer in the playoffs and like I think I am finally ready to stop comparing those two those Hawks teams especially that first Hawks team that uh won 60 games and was so impressive to this to this current to this Bucks roster and I just think this Bucks roster might be transcendent and I just don't even know how to process that within the grand scope of things because this is what we expected from the east you know yeah no, I think so. I'm glad you brought that up because I've been I've been meaning to write about this for a while and I haven't gotten to it yet. If only because it's hard to fit into a headline. I've been like, how do I make that? At? Like these bucks are not those hawks. Is just a shitty headline. But th- these bucks are not those hawks. And there's some differences. First, before I even make this like before I address this comparison, I do want to give a shout out to those hawks. Who my thought about that team and and those hawks teams in general was always. Like, I think Bud is doing terrific work, and he's getting by far the most you could get out of those players. Like, Oh, yeah. They, they I, I don't think that was ever in question. Well, then it's, it's, it's weird to me that that's like an obvious fact. And then people also now look at this roster, which is much, much better than that roster, and go, well, yeah, they're, they're just going to blow up in the playoffs too. Like, no, think, those, those Hawks lost because they didn't have a star. I think the schematic stubbornness also was a factor. I mean, it – this that team should have held that team's defense should have held up better than it did against the Cavs in the postseason, don't you think? I mean, probably, but I think a lot of it was. I know but the guys... Cavs were also all time great, and I think a big thing on that end is a lot of people don't want to recognize those Cavs offenses being as, as being all time great. The East is underrated. Yeah, I, like I, I think. I, uh, it's not as good as the West, and it hasn't been. But sure. like people look at the East and think it's like literally like a like a, a league you get relegated to. Like it's not that bad. Like there have been good and and especially one before this year, one great team in the East recently. Those Cavs, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things. I mean, we always talked about how the Cab team we would hype up potential Cavs uh, uh, conquerors, and then once the Cavs beat them, we'd we'd say, ah, oh, well, they weren't shit anyway. Oh, for um, sure. I do want to pivot this Bucks, um, this Bucks discussion from one comparison that I don't think is apt, which is anymore, which is the Hawks one. I think the Giannis thing is so so different, and I mean the Hawks never were this good, um, and they were never this good, independent of context. You know, it wasn't like you know the hawks kind of had to play their style to be successful. They had to be. They couldn't have any. You know any cogs that were amiss. Um, whereas the Bucks, this Bucks team feels so much more versatile. My question to you, Ty, is could they be more in the uh, realm? And this is a comparison I have not seen made once. Could they be more in the realm of the 2015 Warriors? 
That's actually that's that's the one I, I like. I haven't again. I haven't. I wish I'd written this. You would have seen it one time. That's that's the one I think is actually accurate because you're seeing a team. I won't say do things that we haven't seen done before because obviously, like the Rockets have done this before. But I think you're seeing a team be able to shoot this many threes and also be this good defensively, which is pretty much really hard to do outside of like the Warriors. And you're seeing one guy who was like acknowledged as very good and who all of a sudden is just like the best player in the league this season. Yep. And no one really is ready to admit it yet. And And both teams upgraded from a, yeah, from uh, a a coach holding coach. Yeah. To a coach who just perfectly from day one realized what this roster could do and, and does more with it. And I think like, I don't know who the Draymond is like the, like the third guy, maybe Eric Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez (laughs) might be it. Listen, Brooke Lopez. Well, think about this. They did stumble into Draymond that year. Yeah. In a way that, like, I think the in Mike Budenholzer and the Bucks front office's wildest dreams, they did not expect this from Brooke Lopez. No, I I would say not. And really, obviously, that's like now we're stretching it, but I mean, DJ Wilson looked like he was going to be like, DJ Wilson is good. Like, he's not playing, he's not really ready yet, but I sound like just like the paranoid Bucks guy. And I have had some coffee tonight, so that kind of is feeding into it. Yeah, man, you're flying, bro. I know I'm, I'm all over. You're going to have to adjust my levels later, but oh, DJ Wilson is good. Yeah. I mean, this whole roster is, is, is really good. And this was kind of my, I remember we talked about this on the front end of the year, Justin and I, and it was just, my whole thing was like, okay, so this Bucks team, we all acknowledge that Giannis is great. So we can all agree there. Uh, everyone seems to agree that Chris Middleton's really good. Okay. We all seem to agree that a bunch of their periphery players like you know, Brogdon, Bledsoe, uh, Brooke Lopez, um, all these guys that, you know, we ostensibly seem to like as players. Um, so if, if they came out flat again, we would have to reevaluate something because the biggest excuse in the room was gone in head coach. But we didn't even have to consider it because this team is outrageous. Sometimes it is that simple. You know, you, you change a few peripheral roster pieces. Uh, who was starting for them at center last year? Was it Maker all year? Oh, no. It, it, it was Henson. Uh, it, was, it was Henson, yeah. It was yeah. largely Henson. Yeah, and it's, it's just sometimes it's as simple as this coach does not fit or is not of quality, which uh, was the answer for the Bucks And... Budenholzer is just really, really good. I I don't see how anyone else can win Coach of the Year. No, I mean I saw people floating Nick Nurse for a while, and it's Nick, like, I mean, it's Nick a nice Nurse. idea, but it doesn't hold up. And the only other candidate for me would be Mike Malone. Yeah, I mean Malone should get consideration. I it's think. the number one seed in the West, but when you just, I mean, I'm I'm just going like straight Bucks ticket like this year. If I were if I had award votes, like Giannis is my MVP and. Uh, my coach of the year is Bud because like this, this, that marriage has just been so lovely. And I think the encouraging thing is the, the stress for me of, for this team was their defense. But even if that Brooke Lopez led defense doesn't hold up, which by the way, he's playing good defense, um, which is kind of, kind of crazy. Sometimes it is as simple as just simplifying a guy's responsibilities. Do you want a hot take? Yeah, I want to hear I, it. I think he should. He should. I don't think he'll get it, but I think he should have like second team all defense consideration at this point. Well, I, I got, I got news for you, Ty. Yeah, 
he's not going to get. <laughs> he has 15 blocks in his last three games, and he anchors the best defense in the league. Listen, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Do you really think he anchors the best defense in the yeah, league? Yeah, he has think a Giannis huge, anchors has, it. I think Giannis is probably the best defensive player, but like Lopez's responsibility there is huge because the Bucks thing is like, I don't know if you saw Ben Falk had a really good piece at like cleaning the glass. Like they give up a lot of threes, but they purposefully like funnel it to the bad three point shooters on other teams. Like they actually don't give up a lot of threes. Like as when when looked at against the rest of the league to good shooters, they just make bad players shoot. But well, really, this was the Cavs' whole playoff strategy for like the entire second LeBron era. They would say, yeah. "Lance Stevenson, do you want to shoot a three? Uh, Marcus Smart, do you want to shoot a three? And then you know, as usual, Twitter just. Uh, talked about how many open threes they gave up and very rarely looked at who was taking them. But even so, are you worried about in the at the next level in the playoffs going up against some of these guards who can pull from, from three off the dribble? But really, I guess when you look at it, it's just Kyrie, right? Uh, yeah, pretty who much. Who else scares you in, in this dropping scheme? No one. I mean, the thing Kawhi, is like – maybe a little – well, Bledsoe is so good that he's not going to make it easy even for Kyrie to pull up from three. And Kyrie is going to get a lot of pull-up twos. Like, that's, people, are going to, people are going to overreact to that, I think, right away because he's going to get a lot of those looks because that's just – like every defense gives up something. That's what the Bucks give up. I mean, they're going to let you take those almost all day long. Bledsoe makes it tough. I mean, it, the Bucks probably have like three guys who could, who could get like all defense consideration. Eric Bledsoe's point guard defense this year has just been – ridiculous i doubt you watched bucks kings the other night because God, i did why would you, i did not watch that why would you do that but De'Aaron fox with the game tied uh the end of regulation had a possession there's just like you know i don't know like 19 seconds left and bledsoe just put absolute clamps on him like he couldn't do anything he's, he's been so good but um bledsoe will do blah, 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 wow bledsoe will do that but then lopez's rim protection has been really what's huge for them i mean i don't i well i'll have the number up in front of me in one second He's holding opponents to 11.7 percentage points worse than normal within six feet of the rim. They're shooting 50% there against Brook Lopez. Like, he's been terrifically good as that rim protector. Like you said, just keep it simple and, and box off the rim. That's all, that, all, that's all they need him to do. But they're going to give up a lot of pull-up twos. Kyrie's the one guy who could really make them pay for that. But I think you kind of just have to roll the dice on that and try to, get, try to not give up a ton of open threes to their good three-point shooters. The encouraging thing on that front is uh, that ultimately this is not a team that only wins with their defense. No. And in fact, I think in the postseason, we're going to, we're going to see them lean more into the offense with the lineups they, they choose. Would you agree with that statement? Um, I don't know. I think, I think Bud will like to play good defense. Still. I think that's a, a focal point, but they have the option to like, if it's not working, they can just, I mean, I guess their offense is already kind of, I mean, their lineup is already kind of optimized for offense, but I mean, they can throw in Miritich for Lopez if they really want to start gunning. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And even then, like that's just in a lot of ways, that's its own defensive decision, depending on schematically what you're trying to do. Like if you do want to just play Giannis at center because they are running Lopez off the floor in certain matchups, it's not the worst choice. I'm looking at the Bucks, um, and I, I'm hopping all over the place because I just find this team interesting. And you're 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 laced up on coffee, so you're ready to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm so ready for this. <laughs> uh, looking at the Bucks uh, cat figures moving forward. By Ooh. the way, Pan Larry Sanders through 2021 Cavs legend. 
and <laughs> other Caps legend Spencer Hawes through 2019. I didn't even realize you stretched Spencer Hawes. Yeah, they, I, I was actually against that move when they did it because I didn't think it was worth the, the gain right away, and I think I was right. Yeah, I mean, $6 million year salary cap just going this year going to Jody Meeks, Spencer Hawes, and Larry Sanders. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Um, how would you pursue – how would you proceed with this offseason, with this roster uh, moving forward for the Bucs? Uh, just for a brief rundown, Eric Bledsoe, unrestricted free agent. Malcolm Brod- Brogdon, restricted free agent. Uh, Chris Middleton has a player option he will certainly turn down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miritich, unrestricted free agent. Lopez, unrestric- unrestricted free agent. That's the entire core of the team. Yeah, outside of Giannis, of course. Yeah, um, of course. So... I think they're going to wait till the playoffs before they decide what to do, which I think is smart. Like, I think if John Horst, quote-unquote, knows one way or another right now, he's making a mistake because obviously this team is this good in the regular season. But, I mean, if they, if they really hit a, a, a tough wall in the postseason, like, I, I don't know. I, it's risky to bring back the same group, especially, I mean, Bledsoe is going to be 30. I mean, Middleton, Middleton is still, I think, in his prime. Like, I think, I think they bring back Middleton almost no matter what, but – I mean, Lopez is kind of hard to bring back because they don't have his bird rights. They can't go over the cap to sign him to a normal deal. They probably have to mid-level exception him, which kind of stinks if he wants to go somewhere else and get paid. The nice thing about Lopez is that he has made money in his career. Yeah. That, he had a huge Nets older. contract, didn't he? I'm sorry? He had a huge Nets contract, didn't he? Yeah, I think, they pay, I think he had at least one big cash out. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Nets were paying him like $20 million a year. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so, yeah, maybe he'll want to stick around. I mean, I don't know where he could possibly do better than he, than he does in Milwaukee right now and in terms of playing that money. So, but basically, sorry, to answer your question, they have two options. Like, they could bring back pretty much everyone. I mean, George Hill is gone. They can't afford that cap hit. But Yeah, and they'll, just, and they'll get a lot of savings for cutting him, and that, yeah. those savings will help them afford Middleton. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they can go over the cap to keep pretty much. I mean, you sign Lopez first; they could go way over the cap and keep pretty much everybody. One thing I floated for a while is like tossing you guys, being the Cavs, like Snell and Dante Divincenzo for Jr. just for the contract, because that would free up a lot of money. Even if they did want to keep the team, if the owners didn't want to go stupidly into the tax, they could do that to try to save some money that yeah, way. That, it's such a weird spot because this isn't. The you know this isn't the same dilemma as the Sixers have, uh, though both teams at the end of the year will be looking at these kind of enormous cap figures if they bring everyone on their teams back. But like this Bucks team is so much better than the Sixers are right now, so yeah. it's like it's so hard to walk away from that. But conversely, the Sixers are at least resigning to sign pseudo stars. You know, I. How much tax can you pay for Malcolm Brogdon and, and Eric Bledsoe? Two guys who are good, but you know I don't think they're quite on the Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler level. Well, I mean, maybe the. I mean, it's. I think it's easy to say that, but I mean, the team with the Brogdon and Bledsoe and Middleton is the one winning all the games. Yeah, no, it's. I, I'm not saying that. That's what makes it hard. They're better, yeah. but the pedigree is worse. Right, right. Uh, of and the I, roster, and I don't know quite how I would proceed. I mean, if 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 I can afford it and I can make those kind of cost cutting uh, deals that you'd suggest. By the way, give me give me Dante ten times out of ten. Um, plus uh, plus Snelly, I like Tony Snell. Snell can play. Listen, One I'm not time, trying to Tony. 
I'm not trying to just dump Tony. I like Tony Snell, honestly. I, I would rather get rid of Ursan, but Snell makes like 4.4 million more, and that yeah. kind of stuff matters. But yeah, it's got to happen. Yeah. But, um, I mean, but they, yeah, what I, they could I, do, they could make max room if they wanted to and keep Middleton and Brogdon. That's the like if they like if something flamed out and like Giannis like worked the phones and and called people from the parking lot like Draymond did back back whenever that was 20, 2016. Uh-huh. They could theoretically let's say they do that deal that I pitched earlier. I think they lose like ten million off the cap when you account for the the partial JR figure. You let Bledsoe, Hill, Miritich now, and Lopez go. Probably I mean, maybe you can keep Lopez too. They could open up like. 33 or more million room while maintaining Middleton and Brogdon's cap hold. So then you go way over to keep that team. But theoretically you add some star and you keep Middleton and Brogdon, which is a who lot would of you be, Who would you be interested in chasing in that context? I've, I mean, uh, I've long been partial and I don't think they should do this because it's probably not fiscally responsible and not on the right timeline and probably not worth it given all you have to give up. I've been long partial for a Kemba Giannis oh, yeah. combo. I was going to – Kemba is one of the ones I was – I think that's one of the more realistic ones, Kemba. Um, I mean, I'd I don't love know Kemba. if he's worth – you're basically trading all these guys for Kemba just yeah. right to pay him a ton of money into, into old age for a guy who's going to fall off a cliff before yeah. the end of his next contract. I mean, sort of already did since he got uh, what was like an ankle injury early in the season. He has not yeah. been the same guy since well, he came back from that. It's hard being five nine. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, oh God, is he no, listed no. at six foot? Because that's oh, disgusting. Sure. If so, NBA NBA uh, heights are the biggest lies on earth. Oh yeah. And what gets me is the tall guys who lie and say they're shorter. You know what might be the bigger lie than NBA heights or NBA weights. Oh yeah, because they don't check. Because because those are actually variable, and there's no way they're updating that shit. It's whatever they weighed when they were a rookie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what like what's LeBron listed as? Like, I believe he's tra- listed at two thirty or two forty. Yeah, I, I, if it's two thirty, I'm not buying it. I'm pulling. I'm pulling the old girl up right now. On what? What did they? What? What did he just say? He's like two eighty. Yeah, he said. Apparently, it's reported he's playing at two eighty. He's listed at two fifty. That's he's listed at six eight two fifty. He's definitely at least six nine and two seventy. Well, that's like that's like well, like like the thing that keeps like Zion will be like the second heaviest player, and it's like well, not really. Yeah, listed. But even so, then that means holy shit. Um, yeah, it's it's. But going back to this Bucks team, they're they're just really interesting, and you know, I I think I'm just ready to move past the skepticism and into full blown. This is going to be fun. I have a um, stat for you based on your Warriors comp. Oh, hit me. 14-15 Golden State Warriors net rating of plus 10 that regular season. The Bucks so far this season, it actually has dropped a little. Plus 9.3. Wow. It's like it's very rare to be plus 9. Like it sounds like it wouldn't be that how hard. Many, but it's, How many games did the Warriors win that year? Uh, like 60, 67. They didn't win 67 the first year, did they? It was either 63 or 67. I'm, th- I'm thinking the year they broke out. 67, yeah. Yeah, wow. They were really like They, they, they were, were really good. Yeah. <laughs> People forget, because remember, uh, when the Cavs put their team together, uh, when they traded for love, everyone, I think they were like the heavy title favorites. Yeah, they had to have been, right? And I think the next, uh, it must have been OKC next. 
them and like probably like people were still probably high in the Spurs. Yeah, Spurs had just come off a come off the title, and Kawhi had become yeah. a star. Yeah, and and it really did feel like going into that season that that they were about to waltz to it to something close to a title. Like, yeah, we had to see Love and Irving prove it, but like no one saw this shit coming, and no. I don't think anyone honestly could tell you they thought the Bucks were going to be a sixty win team. No, certainly not. I think Bucks people were like they could probably win fifty, maybe fifty-five. How? What percentage of you is concerned that this season has been a little bit of like fool's gold in some capacity? Um, I don't think I'm worried about being fool's gold. I mean, they have to prove it in the playoffs. That's that's obvious. That's worth saying, but. I don't know. I mean, they've beaten all the best teams in the NBA. They haven't lost anyone twice all year. They haven't lost back-to-back games all year. Like, I just wonder, like, once they've played, you know, some, what, 61 games so far, I think, yeah. Like, the sample size is not small anymore. Like, they're still killing teams. They're still very, very good. The only thing I'm worried about is Giannis's tendonitis. He missed a game, and it's not anything new for him. He missed a game. He's on a minutes restriction at that Kings game, and I think they're probably just being careful with him, which I mean, they should like these, most of these games really don't matter anymore, but uh, that's the only thing where I'm even a little worried about, but I'm not like, I, I follow a lot of people who are more plugged into the team as in like reporting on than I am. And no one seems like overly worried about it. So I'm not even real worried about that. To be clear. Um, I meant going into next year. Like, oh, uh, like what is this? What does this team look like? How, like how worried are you that after next year, all of a sudden, we look at this that team like, how the hell did they win sixty six games last year? Like, if if all these guys are on the periphery, just stop being so insane. Um, I'm not super worried about it. I mean, like, I think I think Bledsoe's playing a little bit above his his normal station for the contract year, but I also think like he's never been on a team this good before, and I think that kind of helps too. Like, I think when you're on a team that's this good, like the peripheral guys just get better as as part of that like it's it's energizing it's exciting like i mean freaking leandro barbosa was like an important player on that first warriors team and he was out of the league pretty soon after like it's just it helps to be on a team that good it helps everyone but like i think middleton is genuinely this good i mean he was he came off middleton actually is one of the few things where you can look at next season and think yeah he's going to be better yeah i think he went through big slumps for stretches brogdon's averaging 16 points a game dude I don't I think, think that's unusual. That's really, really good for a third-year player. He's 50-40-90 right now. God, man. I, he kind of lost his last year due to injury, right? Nah, Middleton. Middleton was hurt a lot. Well, didn't uh, wasn't Brogdon like banged up all year and it just wasn't quite as good, quite as effective? Oh, yeah. Bro, I'm, I'm, I'm mistaken. Yeah, Brogdon missed a lot of games last year. That's, yeah, that's, that's also true. Yeah, they only, played, they only scored 13 points per game and I think Philly Philly still hates Malcolm Brogdon. I think they always will. But, I mean, yeah, he shot 45, 40, 86 his, his rookie year. And honestly, he shot 48, 38, 82, 88 last year. So the guy is efficient. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really, really good. I'm, I'm excited to see Nico get uh, ramped up as well. I, we know you're going to be stressed heading into this postseason, hoping the Bucks don't pull a Hawks. And 
Life can be stressful. Getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At getethos.com, there's no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars. No hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. No one likes a pushy representative. It only takes 10 minutes to apply and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in just minutes. Just go to getethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. Getethos.com. Getethos.com. But let's move off the bucks here and um, and jump right into uh, kind of where the playoffs are shaking up because here is an unpopular, Ooh. scorching, it's really not that hot of a take. I think the East playoffs in the first round are actually going to be pretty all right. Oh, your, yeah. Your thoughts, Ty? Yeah, I think one and two will be kind of boring, but the three, six, and the four, five. The four, five might be like one of the best series. It'd be a bloodbath, man. <laughs> if, if those Pacers hold on to three, this is the, the like absolute perfect scenario. I've, been, I've towed it around for a little bit now. So – Let's say the Raptors get really hot, and I mean it's the regular season; it's the only time they thrive. So let's say the Raptors, Kyle Lowry does regular season Kyle Lowry stuff. The Bucks give Giannis some more games off. The Raptors pass Milwaukee for number one, which is very unlikely. The Bucks have a little lead and they have a tiebreaker. But let's just say it happens. Bucks are two seed. Let's say the Pacers hold on to the three seed, which is not entirely unlikely. I mean they're good; they're, they've been slumping lately, but they're still pretty good. And they have a little lead there. So if that happens. Philly and Boston play each other in the first round. And then whoever wins that has to play Toronto in the second round. So you look at the Bucks. Bucks play the seventh seed, which is like the Pistons. Huh? And then they play the Pacers, who are good, but not as good as those other teams. They don't have stars, and that matters a lot in the playoffs. There's a route to a team. It's probably more likely going to be the Raptors, which sucks. But there's a chance for a top two seed team to only have to play one of the top four teams in the East, the real top four, sorry, Indiana, to make it to the finals, which is enticing. Yeah, I, you know, just looking at this slate, um, first off, I think the 4-5, as long as, if, if the Pacers hold on to the three spot, that 4-5 matchup appears to be better than any matchup the West has to offer in the first round. And can I get on my soapbox for just a moment? Sure. Because I am kind of over all this, the bitching and moaning about, Eastern Conference first round series as though 98% of those in the West are not completely unwatchable too. Tell, tell me you're gearing up for Nugs Clippers. <laughs> tell, me, tell me you can't wait to watch the, the Spurs slop up shots against the Warriors. <laughs> like, it's the 7 and 8 seed, dude. It's not supposed to be that good. Like, yeah, I, it's I, supposed I, to be lopsided, you morons. I, I don't think the the West is as deep as everybody says. Like, I think the West of, sucks like, this year, dude. I, I, I am so I am like so anti West. There are three teams worth a damn in the West, maybe four. I would I'd say four. Who? Warriors, Thunder, Rockets, Nuggets. 
Dude, I can't wait for the Nuggets to lose in the first round if the Lakers make it into the oh, AFC. That would be... Dude, I would put down... There is no amount of money you couldn't convince me to put down on the Lakers to win that series against the Nuggets. And I think deep down, you might agree with me. Your thoughts? You know, I think the Nuggets would win. But I, I, I it think, wouldn't be easy, bro. I, I think it, it like the series either I think whoever wins the first game would win the series. Like that's I think a, if that's a regular season ass team. Yeah. Your well, your Denver Nuggets. Not oh, 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 let's not say my Denver Nuggets. Oh, it's just a it's a that's a oh, yeah, collective yeah, yeah. your. Okay. Um I want to give Jokic and the boys a shot. I think they have a good team. That's they're, nice. They're they have good. a nice. They have a nice regular season ass team. They have a. They have a strong team. I could see them falling for Hawks syndrome, but I think Jokic is better than anyone on those Hawks teams. So I, I don't know. I think. I think they'd have a shot. I think well, it, they it, haven't made the playoffs once years. yet. So it, it, I mean, they've been together for two years in this car. They were one game away. It's, well, they probably should have made it then. Yeah, they, they, they should have. Right, why am I caving for the Nuggets? I don't know because I'm being too mean about it. <laughs> I just, I just like, I really don't think anyone. I think there's, if I had to break down the talent tiers in the NBA right now, tier one on their own is the Warriors, and then there's three East teams, and then you can throw the Celtics in with a bunch of these other losers in the West. I think the Thunder are really good. I sometimes. Oh, you know what? I'm just what not ready to forgive the Thunder yet. I think everyone else is ready to forgive them, but I remember that series last year. I remember ESPN tweeting about how how Russ Westbrook got his numbers after all against Ricky Ruby, or how oh it was how Westbrook uh, followed through on his promise to to lock down Ricky Rubio in a 20 point loss. Like I, yeah, I, I, I remember, remember Ty. I, I remember. I remember how ugly that series was, and I love Paul George. I'm one of his biggest fans. I had an entire Twitter thread uh, related to trying to will his my way to getting him to Cleveland. Ooh, um, but like I just I haven't forgiven him for that yet. And every t- if they play a disciplined defense, I don't think they're gonna win. I just I like Paul George so much. I like Dude, Jeremy me Grant. Too. Me too. I like all these guys, and it just Bo doesn't. Is... I just doesn't it just it it's too easy to imagine. Um, game six, they're on the brink of elimination, and they go six minutes without a field goal. Yeah, because Paul George touches the ball once in those six minutes. Yeah, that's the it, problem. It's just it's just too easy for me to imagine, and like. It's not that I don't want to believe because I actually really like watching them play when things are humming, but I just I think a big part of it for me is I got to see these the the other guys on the roster because like Russ is going to do Russ stuff. You can win with that or you can lose with that. Whatever. It's like is is Terrence Ferguson going to hit some out of rhythm threes? Yeah, like the, the these weird peripheral guys. Like that's where I'm interested. Who did they sign off the buyout market? Someone Abdel oh, Nader, Morris, Marky oh, Morris. They have Abdel Nader playing minutes for them, which yeah, blows that, my mind. That's weird. But every time I ever watched him play, I always thought, I think that guy might be able to play. I liked what I've seen from him there. Yeah, he looks good, and I, they, I just, I just want to see him. All I want to see, like if if it's game two of the playoffs, and I'm seeing those guys splashing some threes, 
off some driving kicks. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm, I'm sold. But I just got to see it first. The uh, fact that they made Dennis Schroeder play well is kind of wild. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I'm just like, I've just become an old man. I just want, <laughs> I just want to see it first. I, I, I can't, I don't get excited anymore. <laughs> I just, uh, well, I get excited, but like, I'm not ready to like all the way buy in, uh, who's the team on, in, on the periphery of the NBA Eastern conference playoff hunt that you're actually interested in seeing in the postseason? Do the Nets count? That feels no, too easy. Nets do yeah. not count. God. I have to pick who, one of these who, who do you most want to see? Who Honestly? are you most been watching? Cause I have an answer. Give me Orlando. Yeah, I agree with you, but break out why. I like uh, – Isaac's been funky lately. Isaac's been hitting threes, which is big for them. Uh, I don't think he'll play, but, like, Fultz playing in the playoffs would be freaking fun, I think. I, I'm, a, I'm still a Fultz believer. I don't care. Um, uh, Vucevic is really good, like, very, very good. Like, I think they should have traded him anyway and, and maximized his value, but I don't know who really would have given yeah, up a lot I don't for think, a center. I think that's an easy one to say, but when you look yeah. at the market, it's not good. I I stand for a lot of guys on this team. I, I love Aaron Gordon. Uh, I, see, I'm out on him. He's the oh, one that I, I'm like, eh. I, I just, I, every time I see him, I think, hey, if you were used right, you'd be great. Boring Blake. Oh, come on. Well? Um, I And, you know, this is uh, this is not like, this is not a, I stand for him because I think he's great. I just have, have a fondness for him. I like DJ Augustine. Always have. Yeah. Like a... <laughs> Like a great value brand, Kemba. <laughs> Honestly, I, I like Fournier. He's way too expensive. I don't, I don't like Fournier. I never Outside like. of his contract, I'm like, he's all right. I, I don't, I don't like his hair ever. And that, oh, that, that yeah. throws me. I was, uh, I was actually looking at their box score tonight because they beat the Warriors. And, yeah, they did. And uh, their bench, they only played uh, nine guys in this game. Uh, Wesley Wundu, uh, Kim Birch, uh, Isaiah Briscoe, and Terrence Ross. And I oh. just thought, if any, if there's ever been a set of bench players that appear to have been procedurally generated draft picks <laughs> in the NBA 2K, that's the that's the group. I was they, the Orlando beat the Bucks without Giannis. They've also beaten Toronto and Golden State this month, and it's like I was watching their games and I was like, I barely know who Ken Birch and Wes Owundu are, and I have a pretty good grasp on obscure NBA players, and they're like effective. Like, the true NBA doing- wilderness. Yes, but somehow it's coming together in Orlando. Yeah, I mean, they're not good, to be clear. But, like, if I have to watch a team get their face kicked in um, in the first round, I'd so much rather watch watch a team with all these young guys with some pedigree yeah. and, and see them tested and see them try to figure some stuff out than watch, like, Kelly Olynyk and, like, you know, and and Josh Richardson on the on the Heat, or at least they Brad, have Brad Beal just slopping stuff up. At least the or, Heat have Justice Winslow, and uh, I, I like Derek Jones Jr. I don't know if you saw my tweet about this a, a month or so ago. But it was like, if if Justice Winslow had taken as many leaps as Heat Twitter has thought he has taken leaps, <laughs> he's a nice player. I'm not getting out of bed to watch Justice Winslow. Come on, no, but I'd, I'd take he's him fine. like. Like miss me with the Pistons, dude. I still kind of love Blake Griffin. I like Blake too. I don't. I don't want to have to watch him but, slog through this bullshit. Yeah, but it is depressing to watch the Pistons and watch him on that team specifically. He hates everyone on that team. You can't yeah, convince me otherwise. Pretty, it's pretty clear. 
You uh, you took this guy from playing with Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan, and you replaced them with Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond. You think he's not in hell? <laughs> Come on, Detroit. It, uh, listen, I'm not. I, I try not to diss Midwest. It's cities not. It's not Los Angeles, though. It's not. not it certainly. No isn't. one's here to diss. No one's here to diss Detroit. We can objectively say that Blake Griffin would have rather worked in Los Angeles. Although I, I have heard that he enjoys being like the guy, not not on the team. He I think he hates that. This, that's not source, but I, I have heard he like in the city. Like he's like very famous in Detroit, and that's oh, that's nice. Well, like obviously he wasn't like he was. Well, that's surprising right? since I've never seen a fully occupied uh, uh, Little Caesars Arena. Well, um, uh, I like comedy clubs. He's famous. Sure. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't report this myself. Someone told me this, and I was like, "Oh, it still sucks for him." By the way, uh, got a lock for the playoffs for next year for you, and Ooh. it is your Atlanta Hawks. Probably They've that team is good. awesome. That yeah. team, Trey Young, when he is orchestrating that offense, they generate a good three pointer every other play. They have good players. Like they they have, have very good players. They're just they they have a lot of young guys playing heavy minutes, and then they've just got a few weird spots. But these guys can freaking play, dude. Here's a here's a couple of numbers. The Hawks have twenty games left this season. Seven and a half games back of the eighth seed. Man, if anyone could make a push, and they and I think they want to make it because if you, it's worth noting, they only bought out. Jeremy Lin. They kept their other vets on the roster. They didn't trade like a Dwayne Deadman, who can play, by the way. Everybody wanted him. Every every contender's fan base was like, let's just trade nothing for Dwayne Deadman. Yeah, well, he's in this weird nebulous middle ground of like, he's like the only discount unicorn that exists. Yeah. He's the only rim-protecting three-point shooting big that is not like a, a, a star. Yeah. Is there even another facsimile? I mean, Brooke Lopez is close, but Brooke Lopez has been like on a tier, several tiers higher than what Deadman can provide. I can't even think of anyone else that I think there's does one. That. I got I got to look up to make sure. Oh no, I'm wrong. He doesn't hit the threes. Never mind. Who were you thinking? Uh, for some reason, I thought Kylo Quinn had added a little bit of a. Oh, that Kylo Quinn has the big reputation. Well, he can he can chew a little bit, but Kylo Quinn is uh, is on uh, the all. Um, we pretend. That he's better than he is because we saw him on some shitty teams. Team. Yeah, yeah. Pacers people like him. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Everyone always <laughs> likes him, and then he doesn't play. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, I just thank you so much for joining me to um, kind of run through uh, the Eastern Conference and break down the Bucks, who are just a freaking joy to watch. Um, I I really do think that team. Uh, deserves a little bit more attention um but i think you know they'll earn it if they play well enough in the postseason that's true can i leave you with two calves takes oh hit me with two calves takes we barely talked about it. by the way we'll talk more about it on uh on monday uh for a more calves focused podcast because jetty went nuts again i'm still on i'm still on team like i think jetty could actually become like a one or two time all-star player oh, i'm still there still i'm still there heart. Uh, listen, still my heart. Big wings who now, can, as you informed me on Twitter, now can handle, but can shoot, move around well. Like, there's a four for those guys. Like the absolute worst you can be is like Jeff Green, who's not even that bad. But that's like the absolute worst if you can do those things. 
And Jeff Green is like the most inconsistent person on it. The, the real floor is probably like Rudy Gay, who again, Rudy Gay is good, especially right now. Rudy Gay can play. So I, I think, I think Chetty has a, a, especially if he stays in, on Cleveland in the East, I think he's got a future. And I'm, I've come around on the sex man. You no, guys around the, on the sex man. in the Discord have have convinced me that I, I know what I'm not done. I'm 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 not sold, but I, I'm I've moved away from like shorting the stock and like dumping all my stocks in, in the sex man. I'll, I'll hold a couple couple shares long term. I appreciate that, Ty. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for kissing our listeners' asses <laughs> with those takes to endear yourself. Hey, everyone, please listen to the Euro Step. It's dope. Ty's dope one of our best guests uh again um wish uh justin rowan um luck as he goes um snorkeling or some shit like that um in mexico uh, i'll be picking up on monday for a calves focused podcast uh please if you're interested in supporting the podcast which you've made it all the way to the end of the episode so you must be uh please rate and review the podcast on itunes and of course subscribe Thank you very much for listening, and as always, go Cavs!